With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. I sell blue. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And for the third time in just four matches, we have a sending off that overshadows the game. Uh, following Carl Walker and Raheem Sterling against Everton and Bournemouth, respectively, we can now discuss Sadio Mane. Many have said, eyes on the ball, no intent. As a striker, you had to go for the ball, therefore not a sending off. To discuss this and the small matter of a 5-0 thrashing of Liverpool, I have three guests... Welcome to Lisa Rubinowitz. Good evening. And to Dave Hodgson. Greetings. And to Nick Goldstone. Hi. Red card, yes or no? Undoubtedly. It's almost hardly worth uh, a, a, a debate. It was so clear. Eyes on the ball, no intent. No, the striker has to go for it. Some have said. No intent whatsoever, but reckless and stupid and absolutely clear cut. Clear cut, Lisa Rubinowitz. I agree. I'm not sure I understand this whole intent. Like, if I didn't, in- how, and how do we know whether there was intent or not? Anyway, if his eyes looked menacing, I mean, yeah, are we mind readers? I mean, I, I don't think this. Um, look, this is probably me showing my ignorance about the actual rules. Someone's mean, going to pull me the, up on you mean this. The laws, first the laws. Yep. Um, but I, I think that as. It, Proving intent, unless you're Roy Keane and you're writing an autobiography later about it, mm-hmm. um, or biography, autobiography. Um, I just, I his his boot was high; it hit someone's face, sending off. Okay, uh, I, we have the authority on the laws here because he he contacted me early today by by social media. Uh, Mr. Dave Hodgson, you have a view, I believe, on this particular incident. You well, have a, you have a view on most things, to be fair. I completely agree with my learned friends that this was a very clear sending off. The, mass, the question of intent is not in there. The, the rules say... The, the, serious, the laws, you mean? The laws, my apologies, Mayor Culper. <laughs> the, um, the, the state of, you know, serious foul play, it's a case of endangering the safety of an opponent or 
all the other things to do with intent. Mm. So intent doesn't matter. He endangered the safety of an opponent. It's a red. And he clearly did. He goes in, you know, firstly, I'm kudos to Sadio Mane. I could not get my leg that high. That is a very <laughs> impressive, you know, but, you know, Edison is not a small man. And, you know, he fairly neatly cleated him in the face. If you're going in with your studs in that position into someone's head like that, you know, he could have lost an eye. He could have, inju- you know, had serious neck injuries. That's what people thought at the time. There's no, no question in my mind. The question I've got is I've heard a lot of pundits spout all sorts of unmitigated nonsense since. But the one I've heard quite a bit of is that he, Mane, should have gone in leading with his head, should have gone up for the header. But my question is, and I defer to your refereeing authority on this one, if you're going in like that, surely you're also endangering the safety of an opponent because the head is also quite hard. Well, well, I have notice of this question, of course, because you kindly asked me that question. And I was actually officiating only this afternoon, hence my very crisp white shirt. I have removed my Referees Association tie. Um, But uh, I asked my colleagues. I read your question out before we went out onto the pitch, but after our pre-match instructions. And, of course, like any situation, it was kind of, well, you've got to see the challenge first. It's very difficult to sort of discuss a hypothetical challenge that actually hasn't happened. But potentially, and I'm trying to answer the question here as we did, if it's just head and head, it, it, it might well be a yellow card, but it's, it's less likely to be a red card with just head to head as opposed to a boot being in the position that you said. If, if it was head and head, then whichever player got the ball would have got the ball and the other player would have probably got a yellow or even, even a red. And it would have been very unfortunate this what he did was was a clear red card not just in today's game but in any in any era of the game i mean there's a lot there's there's a lot of decisions that you would say that's been made now 15 years ago that was that wasn't even a that wasn't even a foul this one was it's, just it's, totally clear but the laws question, have cha- the laws have changed of course yeah. and they they continually change it's a question about using if it was his head rather than his foot his head would be in that position like it's natural that your head would be at head height with somebody else so yeah. it's less of a I hate to use this unnatural position yeah. concept, but I, you know the foot being there is you know you've clearly made an effort to do that. Uh, can I go back to the intent as well? Because I do like the intent bit a lot. And there's this whole situation. I always sort of play back this scenario. So, so a, a, a striker is running into the penalty area. A defender has his eyes on the ball, has only the intention of taking the ball from that attacker, does not deliberately trip them, but just mistimes the ch- tackle. Cl- slightly and brings the attacker down there is absolutely no intent oh you're not going to give a penalty well of course you're going to give a bleeding penalty because he's tripped him and therefore it doesn't then that's why that you know this intent thing is a complete nonsense it makes no no sense at all i think another thing that's fairly clear when you look at decisions nowadays you know stud placement really matters you know if someone goes in studs extended into a sliding tackle he's going to get a far harsher punishment than someone who goes in you know with his studs towards the ground you know sort of with the upper part of his boot first you know that matters and Mane you know got him plumbing the chops with his studs you know that is I'm sorry that is dangerous you know should we, should we hear what the so-called experts said on the matter 
Uh, now, clearly in the Neville household, there would be some problems, I suspect, um, over the weekend because uh, we know those that sort of watched the, the replay afterwards on, on Sky, I think it was, Mr. Gary Neville said, you have ruined the game to the referee. The referee's ruined the game. His eyes are on the ball. It's ridiculous. He wins the challenge. The goal is there for him. Um, his brother, Phil Neville, the more intelligent one of the two Nevilles, uh, on, this, <laughs> on this occasion, said, red card for me, good decision, John Moss. Uh, Sir Gary Lineker... Uh, said, rubbish decision to send off Marnay. Rubbish. Uh, Jamie Callag... Callag- can't even say it. Jamie, he, he can't speak much either. Jamie Carragher, it's a red card. John Moss got that right. It just goes on. I think the one that I just want to finish on is um, Sir Howard Webb. Uh, I'm incredulous that so many observers think it wasn't a red card offence. This, of course, is a World Cup final referee, everybody. Um, as a trained match official, it's clear and obvious as that would would be to see um it's clearly a sending off offense so so there we are that's uh, any final thoughts on this because we have got a five nil thrashing of liverpool to kind of just touch on if there's time at the end of the show um but any uh, anything else any other issues on this sending off or the view of the sending off or whatever most people i've spoken to uh, certainly in the refereeing fraternity have pretty much all said it was it was a sending off if that means anything I'm, i was absolutely amazed after the game uh having um, being at the ground, having and I and I didn't, and I saw Gary Lineker's comment on Twitter, but I could not believe what the TV commentators were saying and in, in having any argument about it. It was just very odd, very odd for me. All right, well, listen, the Man City show uh, is backed uh, for the season by Ladbrokes. Bet five pounds, get twenty pounds. So if you deposit five pounds, Ladbrokes will add another twenty pounds to your account, and you can get this offer by following the link at bet.citypodcast.net. Um, can, can we just talk then about kind of the pre-sending off because it, it kind of uh, was kind of on a bit of a knife edge. I suppose you could say, you know, pre- pre-sending off. Against 11 men, they probably have the better of it, you could argue. And against 10 men, against 10 men we, it was slightly easier for us. Would, would that be fair? I think that's absolutely fair. I, I think you look at... You know what Liverpool are going to give you. When, you. when you arrive, you know exactly what Liverpool are going to do. They're going to press you, they're going to press you high up the pitch, and they're going to go at you with pace. Um, I thought when I saw the team sheet, you know, adding Danilo to the back three, good move, he's got some pace, he'll be able to do that. But Otamendi almost single-handedly conspired to undo all that good by playing as if he was making his professional debut. Mm. It's like he's never come up against pace before. He doesn't seem to understand that he isn't quick as well in all this. So he doesn't position himself to deal with the fact that everyone around him, there are going to be quicker players in this game. And I think the shape of the defence was very much sort of knocked out of line by the fact that everyone was worrying what Otamendi is about to do. And this is a senior defender. This is Dave not, may not remember this, but many, many moons ago, one of his first shows, he, he named Nicholas Otamendi the Shoreditch bartender, is how he referred to him. <laughs> um, so the Shoreditch bartender, your view on his performance, he was a bit of a worry, wasn't he, at the back there? He With was. With com- company injured yeah. and having to rely on him, he was pace and it was well, just has, all horribly wrong. He has wrong. no pace, we know that. Surely the manager also knows that. I would slightly blame Guardiola for the setup because Mendy was pushing, obviously the way this, with the back five, you've got Walker and Mendy pushing up the pitch, leaving Otamendi exposed beyond belief. Um, we'll come back to Stones afterwards, but he was covering from a lot and did it very well, thank goodness. But, you know, quite frankly, I would have changed it if it hadn't been for the sending off, he needed to change it. Yeah. Um, and I think that would, I mean, I, I said at the time, um, take Osamendi off. 
and I probably would have put Sané on, gone to a back four, and because they had Alexander Arnold at, on a booking, let him deal with Sané and Mendy together and take our problem off the pitch. Now, I understand what Dave's saying. I, I don't think Ottomendi was doing um, doing himself justice at all, but I actually think the setup didn't help him. And you know, you know what tools you've got. The manager knows the capabilities of the players. But we didn't buy Johnny Evans, so you know we <laughs> discussed this on previous shows. I don't realise that you guys probably haven't been involved. Yeah. But you talk about you would have had, that, that was a perfect situation where Evans would have slotted brilliantly into that back three with company not there, or maybe not. Does he have any pace? Uh, no, I don't think so because no, because he doesn't exactly. have any pace. And the, I, I think it's a really big issue that we've got at the back, which is at the, in the middle, and it doesn't matter whether you've got Vincent's company there or not actually we don't have any pace and the game for the first half an hour was really playing out as um as i certainly was concerned that it might which was that we played a very high line uh without any pace at the back and liverpool were just um able to knock balls over the top and they did it more than once um at will um and it was a real issue i mean ottomendi had a terrible game right from the very first minute i mean the first time that 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 he that he touched the ball he uh, it, it, it sort of looped over his head and went behind him um and he didn't get any better uh, at, at times he looked like wily coyote against the the road runner down that that wing um but i think it's a, it's a it's a wider issue there uh, that was clearly very very exposed against the very team that is most likely to expose it, actually. Yeah. But how would you have set us up differently? Bearing in mind we haven't got Johnny Evans, we, we've got companies that are injured. Um, what would you have done differently? I mean, when I first saw the team, I, I wasn't too concerned. Bearing in mind the personnel we had on available. Well, I would have liked to have seen Mendy sat a bit further back. Really? Um, with his pace. But he was pace, our best player going forward. Pe- well, how many goals did well, he create? He, he I mean, was, I, look, I th- plays the game. I thought Mendy was superb. He was brilliant. It, it was it was a tale of two Mendys. Otter Mendy was terrible. And, uh, <laughs> a tale uh, of the, two Mendys. And the other Mendy was <laughs> hey, all... You've practised men- that. You've practised that. The other, Mendy, the other Mendy was awesome. Hmm. But um, there was a case to be made, particularly after watching the first half an hour, to say, look, just go back a few yards for the rest of the half and sit on the guy and just close him down because he's ripping us apart. And Otamendi had a booking. You know, we had two free kicks that we gave away on the edge of the area. We had um, the incident that led to the red card, which, you know, that could easily have have um, been a goal. And all credit to Edison because he made some really good saves mm-hmm. before he got injured and then he saved the day when he got injured. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think company being there would have made any difference. He would have been booked because he doesn't have the pace either. So I agree with Nick. I think we've got a big pace problem at Centre-Mark. And we were so obsessed with a certain Sanchez that we didn't actually address the real problems. Because he goes forward. He scores goals. Because we didn't address the the real problems at the back. I think going forward, we don't have as many problems as we used to. (laughs) Well, we sorted the wing... We've thought out whether you want to call them full-backs or wing-backs or left-back and right-back, depending on how old you are. Not completely solved that? No, No, because I think we we, we don't have cover at left-back. We don't have good enough Danilo can play both, can't he? He's not great at left-back, let's be honest. He seems to be better at the other two positions he's he's played. Um... And he's he's cover for left and right back and central defence and central midfield apparently. So, he plays in goal, I believe. Yeah, 
So I th- he got I th- quite excited when he saw the blood. He thought, "Oh, here's my chance yeah. here to slot in, put the put the green shirt." On. I mean, this this may be a discussion for later on, but I think um, our, our obsession with Sanchez didn't address the fact we don't have another left back. We probably need another centre back. And yes, I think we needed a kind of plan B up front. Sanchez isn't plan B; is exactly the same. Of, it's more of what we've already got. I think if we'd have had, if we'd have finished the transfer window with. I'm just pulling names out of a hat sure. here, but Bertrand yeah. and even Johnny Evans, but obviously Van Dyke would have been preferable. But um, and I don't know, Lorente yeah. would uh, would we have been upset? I would have been delighted yeah. with that. Okay, it is, it, the, the knowledgeable Lisa here <laughs> with her excellent knowledge of who is or isn't available. Would you have gone with that? Would you be happy with that? Are you? Are you? Can't are you just? Can't, are you, you keep agreeing with her. What, can't disagree that, with. Try, try and find something to disagree with. I <laughs> am unreservedly delighted we didn't end up with Johnny Evans. I think for thirty million, and if he wanted to join us, let's not forget this. This is a guy who's won everything. Exactly. He has already won everything. Yeah. Why would he want to come and sit on our bench? He's captain of a Premier well, League team. But he's, the argument would be he's won everything. He's won the Premier League as an international footballer. Um, but why wouldn't you want him? Because well, well, not every player is going to play 90 minutes every single week. Lots of them are going to be sitting on the bench throughout the season. I don't think you could exactly say Johnny Evans was an instrumental part of Manchester United's great successes of the last in, 10 years. In, instrumental in our recent history. <laughs> well, A lot more yeah. than he is in theirs, to be fair. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's... Um, I, I, do th- I do agree. We needed another defender. We need a defender with a bit of pace. We also have a defender with a bit of pace, with Eliakwin Mangala, who I, I don't know what he's done in everyone's subconscious that means everyone's decided he's terrible all of a sudden. I don't think he's that terrible. And Neither do I. I do. Oh, well, I, 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 I <laughs> My dad that, does as well. There is a bit of a mindset around the, the fan base, I think, that you know we've got to buy this, we've got to buy that. We've got players in the squad and we've got to use them the same way as any other team, any other club does. You can't buy the perfect squad, and even if if you do, they get injured and they and they don't play. So you've got to make the most of what you've got, and we've got the most astonishing array of resources we have. in our team. Um, and Mangala, I think, uh, I would be really interested and absolutely delighted actually if he became a really, really, really good. Uh, defender this year and really improved uh, because his athleticism and his power and his pace are exactly what 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 we need at the back. Is that going to happen though? Are you going to see him playing regularly? No idea. I think he'll probably play in yeah. midweek. Yeah. yeah, because company. Well, it's happened again. So and yeah. it's going to keep happening. Yeah. So yes, he will play. He's going to have to. And I obviously I hope he succeeds because I want City to succeed. But I actually don't think he is as bad as everyone says no. he is. I think. At times, we find we have to have someone to dislike. I mean, I'm looking for someone new now that Kolarov's yeah, gone. Yeah. Um, but who's on your list, Lisa? Who's because maybe Dave might disagree with you on this one. I made a I made a pre-season decision yes. of who it was going to be. Yeah. I've decided it's probably going to be Carl Walker, but really? just just because you know. Yeah, you have to have someone. Yeah, no, it's your hypothesis. Is it? Yeah. yeah. So. It's going to be you know Carl what? Walker. You know what will give me great pleasure? If there's nobody for me to have that kind of conversation about. You've got to be quite happy with Walker so far. Yeah, you? I mean, I, I, been great, clearly I was just plucking a name out of nowhere yeah, I that I knew I, I had to find someone to dislike. Can we talk about Aguero then? Because, you know, we, we... 
just to remind you all of the statistics here, 171 goals in 257 games, and he's now only six behind the legendary Eric Brook, who got his 177 in how many games? Bit of a quiz here, anybody want to have a punt? Just to remind you, to give you some thinking time, Aguero, 171 goals in 257 games. Eric Brook, 177 in how many games? Something like 272 or something. Good guess, thank you very much. 310. 310. I'll give him higher, about 400. 453 yeah. games, Eric. Mm-hmm. Bless him. God rest his soul. Oh, but there God. we are. So, so if Wero's, uh, you know, he's not Pep's type of player. He doesn't track back. He doesn't work hard enough. But he's scoring goals still, isn't he? Pep starts him a hell of a lot for someone who he doesn't rate. I still don't see, you know. I don't get it. He, he nearly always starts. This is just the ultimate, you know, we're having is a it pa- Is it paper talk? Is it paper talk yeah. then? Yes. Yeah. So he likes him, does he? I mean, he, he could have not started him on the weekend, but he he played him. He, he yeah. had so many other options. And know, it was Available wonderful. and not available. And it was and a wonderful goal, and it kind of came against the run of play, really, at the time, mm-hmm. um, from nothing. But he just waltzed around the keeper and stuck it in the net. And then we saw the most bizarre thing. He what passed it to... Jesus. It wasn't even a very good pass. No, and I thought I thought he's completely mucked this up here. He could have scored far more easily than passed it. But, but wasn't like, that a bit of a the defining, unselfish Aguero? I mean, that is what moment. I, I, think, I think so. I think that's huge. Actually, I think it was kind of because the sending off. It kind of almost got lost in the noise. I was going to going to raise this that that small moment of these two you know one who's potentially going to nick his crown can they play together should they play together suddenly they're playing together and not only that Aguero can get one closer to that amazing record and he passes it to him also you know brilliant when Aguero you know everyone's said Aguero doesn't run enough and we obviously saw that big jump in his distance covered etc having Gabriel Jesus up front with him it means Aguero has a lot less of that to do. You know, there is a bit more sort of of the burden taken off him. Uh, With that in mind, let's take a quick break. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Uh, Welcome back. We've talked about a tale of two Mendes. What about a tale of two Silvers? Although you can actually argue there are three Silvers now. uh, With uh, I think Danilo has got a long name with Silver in it somewhere. Uh, What's happened to Bernardo Silva? What's happened? Where's he gone? Is he still around? I think in in any other club, if he wasn't playing, he would. That would be a headline. Um, For City, it's not, and it seems to be a bit of a forgotten story that a guy who was a bit of a star in Champions League last year came to us for an awful lot of money and hasn't really had a had a game yet um, and it is quite odd I think I don't know why I don't know what the reason is Lisa is, is it odd or is it just stock, uh, stock rotation here's my retail background <laughs> um, uh, stock, ro- stock rotation stock rotation fixed asset rotation yeah, exactly um, yeah, I, I, is it just player at squad rotation squad. you answer the question I'll shut I up I don't think I don't, well firstly I think he had a long he was playing for longer into the um, pre-season than a lot than some other members of the team so I think he was given a bit of a rest he came back came into training later He's going to start playing. We've got now. Now you're going to see it change. I think because you've got we've got Feyenoord, we've, we've got Watford. It's, the games are going to start piling up, and the aura of the silver might he might not want to play him every match. He might not want to play Aguero every match, and obviously that's going to make the headlines. But the fact is, we've got him. We've got Sané. Sterling wasn't fit. That we, you know, this is when 
upfront our embarrassment of riches will hopefully start to show. I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about the fact he's not played that much. I think it's great. Are you worried? You don't, don't agree with her again. Trying to disagree with her, for goodness sake. Otherwise, we'll think there's something. I think there is a problem for him that he's going to have to overcome. Um, is this Pep or um, Bernardo, Bernardo Silva? Silva right. That, you know, it is very difficult to... David Silva is probably the one player we have who is undroppable. He sets our tempo. Everyone sort of plays to the, the beat of his drum, etc. De Bruyne is instrumental with his passing range, etc. So if those two are going to start, and if he's going to continue with Aguero and Jesus up top, it's difficult for him to work his way in. When we need to make a substitution, usually Sane or Sterling make more sense because they can get on and stretch people. They can, you know, give us an extra dimension by dragging people wide, by you know, stretching people with their pace, especially when there's tired legs. It's going to be a bit difficult for Silva to work out quite how he's going to slot into that. I think he will. I think it's there for all to see that this is someone who's on the same sort of wavelength as David Silva, that he has this very quick reading of the game and ability to more or less do what he wants with the ball at his feet. You know, he's almost as quick with it as without it. And I think you can't have too many of those intelligent players. Because you can, you know, you can put them, he can play anywhere across the midfield in that sort of attacking sense. He'll be a really useful asset, especially as the games now start to pile up thick and fast. He's the heir to the throne. Yeah. Well, he's, David Silver's getting on a bit now. Mm. I just wonder which throne, I mean, there's lots of different thrones that are going to be appearing. Yeah. Because there's the Aguero throne. No. Well, it's probably the David... Silver throne. You wouldn't expect. But this was one of this is one of the things I said we needed to look at was a replacement for him. We've done it. We haven't sorted the Torre thing out yet. I don't think. But that's a, a, a different discussion. But I mean, I, I can't. I would love to see more of him because what I have seen of him is amazing to watch. Can we pick out? You know, you can per many one or two from this list because there were some fan, fantastic performances against Liverpool. And I don't think we need to go through each of the goals or anything. Just, yeah, okay, it's against 10 men, sure. But actually, we did start to play some of the football that we've been hoping for and, and the sort of football that Pep's well known for. But, you know, we, we've mentioned some of these players already Sane, uh, Gabriel, uh, Mendy, we talked about De Bruyne, Silva. Some of those are only really touched on. Any of those particularly stand out, Nick, for you, worthy of a, an extra mention or anything in particular that you saw that? Excited you? Well, for me, it was it, it was Benjamin Mendy. Partly, I think, because I'm sat on that side of the ground in when he was uh, going down the left in 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 uh, the uh, the second half, and he just looked so comfortable on the ball and where he was positioning himself and the interchange on that side. Um, he was prepared to knock the ball in early. He put some really good balls in. He just looks so strong. Um, and he looks like he's having a good time. There's something yeah. about him, whether it's the sort of the media stuff that he does, but he just, you get the feeling that he's enjoying it. He does look like uh, sort of a fun guy to have around, doesn't he? He does seem to uh, be kind of uh, at, the, at the, the, the middle of everything that's going on. Was, did Mendy sort of stand out for you earlier on? We're crit- criticising you, thought he was a crap defender or something you said. Mendy is a rubbish <laughs> yes, defender. That's exactly the words uh, I something used. Something like yeah. that, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, no. And Dave, Dave agreed with you again. <laughs> Mendy was great. What I was really pleased about was Sané because I've, I've been a little bit concerned about him because I think he last season, well, towards the second half of last season, I thought he was he looked fantastic. And I think to see him score both of those goals and have that, even though it was against 10 men, I think, to, I think that's hopefully going to be really good for his confidence because I think he is a confidence player. Yeah, I never knew he could shoot like that. I mean, that was a cracking goal, stunning wasn't it? shot. The, the fifth goal, yeah. But sort of back on Mendy again, I've never seen... A defender 
who, A, I mean, his crossing is, you know, f- from all colour of, you know, one in 20 he got right. You know, Mendy's fairly consistently getting his crosses exactly where he wants them. But he also ruthlessly exploited that teenage Alexander-Arnold right back for Liverpool who did not know what to do with him. And it's quite difficult because you taught how to deal with orthodox wingers. You know, he, you know, particularly when you had him and Sané, you know, who were both sort of just pulling, pulling him every which way. Yeah. It was brilliant to see that understanding develop quickly. And he, he said after the game, you know. But, but we did struggle to do that when they, were, they had 11 men. So I'm not yeah. sure why he should have been... Like, to me, he should have been exploiting that a bit, but I'm not saying it's his fault. I think that could have been partly to do with the fact that we were worried about what was going on defensively. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Kolarov, when he put in crosses, he was more likely to decapitate someone than actually find the right person. I sat behind the, the goal, it was a very real threat and problem. <laughs> Before we go, should we just talk about Feyenoord as well, which is kind of midweek as well? Um, first game in the Champions League away at Feyenoord. Um, thoughts in terms of the changes? Is, is Gundogan going to get a look in? Somebody mentioned is that kind of he was in the squad was he was I on think, the bench? I think I, the other weekend is he likely to make a start? I or? guess it would be a little bit surprising to see him straight back into the team for, for that game. I mean, they're a good team. They won their league last year. They've won their four games at the start of this year. They've scored nine goals in their last two games. I did spend a few minutes looking at this this afternoon. Oh, really? That's a surprise. <laughs> Strangely enough, their goalkeeper is Brad Jones, ex of Liverpool many years ago. Right. Make, that, make of that what you will. Um, so, look, uh, other than that, let's let's be clear they're a good team we're playing away from home i think i'd be, i'd be happy with a point i'd like to see a nice pragmatic performance defensively really good no chance of losing if we nick a goal then we nick a goal but otherwise you know oh dear me nick nick wants us to part the bus Mourinho style <laughs> are you are you a part of the bus merchant Lisa? i don't think you are dave will agree with you whatever you say <laughs> i i i think we should I'd like to think we should be going into this thinking we can come away with a victory. However, to change too much would be stupid, mm. I think. Because and, and bringing Gundogan in would, you know, he, he surely can't be ready to play ninety minutes in the Champions I throw League. These whoever, just to get the debate going, as you know, Lisa. Who, I don't actually mean everything I ask here. I just you obviously know, mention not, his no. name. He's not been mentioned. He was on the bench. He might be on the bench again. He may yeah, start. Him, I, he, don't, I don't know. He might be, but I, I just think. You know, yes, they haven't been in the Champions League for however many years, and but Nick's right. I don't think we should be underestimating them. Right. And I think to, it would be showing a little bit of a lack of respect to suddenly think we can change like lots of players and play people who haven't played for months and come away with anything. To be honest, I think you know it's the first game in the Champions League this season. We're away from home, but I still think yes, we need to be pragmatic. But I still think we should um, come away with victory. So in terms of lineup, what changes are you expecting? We've talked about this whole squad rotation. We've talked about the quality that we now have got, an embarrassment of riches. He's not going to play the same 11, is he, that, that played against 10 men of Liverpool? I, I think he needs to... I'm, I'm going to do my much-heralded much, much heralded disagreement now. I think Gundogan should start. I think hey. it should be... I think we should actually make quite a few changes for this well, game. I think then. we should place Sane and Sterling. I think we should go for the wide men with these guys. And, you know, maybe... One of the one of Aguero and Jesus with Silver in Bernardo Silver in behind him. Get some fresher legs in, stretch them. Bernardo Silver, as you say, had a wonderful Champions League campaign. Mm. Gundogan really, you know, seemed to really come into himself in the um, in the Champions League last season. You remember that Barcelona game, which is mm. was just an exceptional performance. I think probably the individual performance of the season yeah. last year. 
And, you know, again, so much experience from Dortmund. Men, you know, a lot of these players, you know, had, you know, Mendy as well had a stellar Champions League campaign last year. And try and, you know, play that, you know, stick to our style of play, but add that, you know, extra little bit of directness from our wingers. So, I think so what are you saying? So you just, if I understand you correctly, sort of play four at the back and just one up top yep. and sort of then sort of flood that midfield yes. a bit more. That's, it, that's, essentially it is works what you're in saying. European competition. Yeah. We've looked at our best when we've done that in Europe. Yeah. And that's what Guardiola is so renowned for, that mastery of midfield. Who you dropping from I, the defence? I, 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 <laughs> without question. I, 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 I think I agree with that in the sense that I would certainly play one up rather than two and stick an extra man in the midfield. And again, you know, we have talked in the past about what is the plan B, um, whether we're playing one of the... the, the uh, the team's more likely to part the bus or in or or a team in in uh, the uh, the Champions League away from home. You've got to have a bit more defensive nous about you, um, and I think that would be an ideal way to to set the team up. Uh, and uh, you know we've got enough up there sure. to get a goal, whether we play Aguero and Jesus or just one of them. I would definitely play Sterling. I, I agree with that, and San- I, I love Sané, so I'd definitely play Sané as well. But. Um, I I don't know about the defence. I maybe think, and this has nothing to do with. I said Carl Walker's going to be the one I don't like. I would maybe think about playing Danilo there and giving Walker because the reality is, Mendy Walker they're going to be playing a lot. And I, you know, Danilo looked decent at right back, but then that means I'd leave Otamendi in the team, and you probably wouldn't be very happy with that. So we're disagreeing now. So there you go. Hasn't, okay. hasn't Danilo started every game this season? Hasn't he been more banned? Yeah. Mendy's been injured for a while. Yeah. Danilo is the one who's been pa- plugging every True. single gap. You know, I he, can play he, he can play anywhere. I'd give him a rest. I'd give Silver and De Bruyne a rest for this one. Really? And, and, you know, use Sane Sterling. But you just said that Silver is the person we play to his beat or something. So whose beat are we going to play to as Silver's that is not Step play? forward, Bernardo. Okay. This, is what, you, this is what he's there for? So if you're, dropping, if you're giving Danilo a rest and dropping off to Mendy, only you play play with Mangala. Only, uh, only play with nine. Yeah. No, no, okay. sorry, you play my Oh dear. I think on that note we need to go. <laughs> A huge thanks to my guests, to Lisa, Dave, and Nick. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.